Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O I'll go even further to say this is currently my favorite book I have ever read. I can't wait to dethrone that uh, station for you. Welcome back, everybody. This is another Tudor Ramble episode, another Stormlight book, and today... It's Oathbringer, book three in the Stormlight Archives. That reverb just went right into my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is, we're not waiting so long on this one. No. I think the last time it took us about, what, three months? And now it only took us about a month. Yeah, so we're getting better. We're improving. We're, we are improving. And this is the third book of the Stormlight Archives. We did Words of Radiance. We did Way of Kings. And... I'm going to give a non-spoiler thought right now. And by the way, this video will be structured in the first 10 to 15 minutes, spoiler-free, as always, and mm-hmm. then we'll get into spoilers. Yep. I just have to get this out right out the gate. This is my favorite Stormlight book of all time, which is only four books, so it's like, oh, okay, it's your favorite of four. I'll go even further to say this is currently my favorite book I have ever read. I can't wait. To dethrone that uh, station for you. I'm, I, this is, you know, I'm. I have a mixed feeling about this podcast. Yeah. This episode because at, at one, I'm talking about my favorite book ever. Yeah. And then the other side is you're also going to rate it very similar to me, yet degrade me the entire time. Oh yeah, that, that's my job. Like, Good. I'm. I'm going to be constantly throwing negatives at you, even though like I'm rating it very high. Like it's a very good book. It's my personal favorite Stormlight I, book. Yeah, all the same I things. L- listen, it's but it's going to happen. It's, it's oh, inevitable, yeah. and we always have the book showing here. I never bring my own copy of the book with me. Mm-hmm. This is the one I read. This is the book that I read, and I brought it on set just so I could hold it whenever you make fun of me. It looks thoroughly beat up. I know. I, I just It's there for comfort. When you start to <laughs> attack my ratings, it is here so I can hug it, hold it, and think about what this did for me. You're going you're gonna flip to uh, <sighs> flip to page 375. Oh, no spoilers. That's no spoilers. Ugh. We're cutting that out. <laughs> but, well, this, so Stormlight, this is book three. Do you want to put your quick thoughts in before we get more detailed about this? Because I gave I mean, my two cents. Quick thoughts is Oathbringer builds on the previous two books in the best ways possible. I think it has, it is either tied or has, it has, it ties for the action from the second book, which had, you know, the second book improved on the action. I personally think Oathbringer has some fantastic action in it that I think I liked a little bit more. Uh, character work, it is it is better. Flashbacks are far more interesting. It builds in every way possible. And my number one criticism with Stormlight books one and two is the world building. Oathbringer fixes a lot of that. It 
basically all of my complaints kind of go away. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. And this book, obviously written by Brandon Sanderson. We've talked a lot about Sanderson. We have a whole podcast episode on a deep dive about him. He's my favorite author. He's your most respected. Also one of your favorites. Yeah. And we had videos on multiple of his books. No need to go into excess about how much we love Sanderson. Sanderson and specifically Stormlight Archives has a lot of criticism. He's becoming very popular. And as you do being the, it's very, it, this is unarguable, I would say, that he is the most well-known author who doesn't have an, have an adaptation right now, at least in fantasy. That's, yeah. I don't can't think of anyone even close to his level of fame that doesn't have a TV show or movie out. Would you agree? In the fantasy genre, I think you're right. Right. Uh, maybe his, even sci-fi, level. right? No, nah, nah, there's quite a big, th- there's quite a lot of famous sci-fi people can, in can the sci-fi say, I can't think of one could you na- like, like I, I can I've been thinking this before the pod going is there anyone to his level and I just can't come up with a name it's tough on the spot but you could you could be right right it's it's tough on the spot because this this man has gone well above and beyond to he's getting to levels of George R. R. Martin and he doesn't even have a TV show yet yeah he that that famous so he's getting a lot of criticism what's the top criticism you've seen not just for Stormlight but if you know Oathbringer criticism in general, without spoilers, of course. Sure. Because before we go on ranting about how awesome this is, let's be a little a little unbiased. Give both yeah. sides of things, right? Well, I think the number one criticism of Sanderson as a whole is that it is uh, kind of like junk food content, where it's people don't consider it art. It is entertain- just pure entertainment value. Uh, the similar way of like an action movie is not like often considered like a you know perfect film or anything like that you know okay so because Brandon has very simple prose Brandon you call him Mr. Sanderson I, I call you, him <laughs> you call him Sir Sanderson okay because Brando Sando okay has more some, casual has a simple prose typically it leads to people criticizing it as being a simple book often. And so it doesn't have as flowery language as other authors do. I that is I think the biggest uh, criticism. Other than that, maybe length. They think oh it's just too long. Yeah, you. I think you hit spot on with both criticisms I see most often online. Number one being length, mm-hmm. like his books are long, and a lot of the fans will say, "Oh, you got to get to the point." You to, and then a lot of people complain, "Well, I should be interested already." Whereas my counterpoint yeah. is, I always am interested. But then some people obviously it's not your forte and then the second criticism being is prose it's to the point for the most part and we'll get into this with Oathbringer but I think he even steps it up here but we let's let's hold off from that and get into the spoiler free still summary of this book do you want to dive into that a bit sure I'll dive into it so where we leave off from book two we now have a new a new land to discover oh god Urethiru Urethiru And we both said it wrong, for sure. I, yeah, it's all well. But we now have a new setting, Erythera. We're out of the Shattered Plains, mostly. And now Dalinar has to unite the realms. And so we get to see all these other different kingdoms and realms and their leaders and how they operate and, more especially, why. Why do they act the way they do? And Dalinar, this is Dalinar's book. Yeah. Just like... Way of Kings was Kaladin's flashbacks and mainly his pov. Shallon was Words of Radiance. This is Dalinar flashbacks and Dalinar, Dalinar story. Yeah. Other characters are, of course, there. But this yeah. is Dalinar, baby. 
So, yeah, he, he takes it off from there. Then where did Shalon and Kaladin leave off? Uh, Shalon left off with, you know, discovering Urethiru and her relationship with Adeline's growing closer. And then her connections to the ghost bloods mm-hmm. are becoming more entangled. And mm-hmm. so now in Oathbringer, you see far more drama and the political side uh, dealings within Alethkar through Shallon's point of view. Right. So she's has far more of the espionage and the political uh, back and forth of the whole oh, yeah. world. And with her powers and at the end of book two where you see who's this new persona Val. Yeah. So it spreads from there. And then our, our boy Kaladin... And Kaladin, our, our our best boy. No, 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 that's, best boy. That's, that's Adeline. 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 However, we we always say the names wrong. Ugh. And our yeah, commenters that's correct the comments us. Are, yeah. it, we're gonna get it wrong. I did learn it's Yesna, not Jesna. Yesna. Yeah. So we got that. And Shalon. Shalon. Oh, Shalon. Sh- <laughs> I don't know which one. Anyways, where's our boy Cal at? All right, Cal. Kaladin is. We just left off with he accepted this he he said the second ideal and is now closer to a knight's radiant he's, which which was I, I will protect those even the ones i hate so long as it is, it is right yes basically. okay and now we have him journeying across the uh what what is the actual planet called roshar roshar there oh, we go okay uh, yeah, I he's was like, traveling <laughs> yeah no. he's traveling across roshar to find out more about the Parshman and to go find his family. That's where we kind of leave, leave off. off. Okay, nice. So that, that's spoiler-free summary. And now, the last part of our spoiler-free section, what did you rate this book out of 10? Out of 10, the highest Stormlight score I have, which is a 8.9. Two things I want to say. Number one, it's your highest Stormlight book and you didn't, you're not showing the enthusiasm I would want. But okay, you know, we'll get by that. Number two... <laughs> Your highest Stormlight book doesn't cross the nine threshold. Yeah. Yeah. That's embarrassing. It's, I'm a bit, no, Not for is. you, for your future children. <laughs> you, you have to look at them one day, assuming you even find a woman willing to date somebody who would give 8.9 to a Stormlight book. You know, that's I a red hope, flag. I would hope that she has a uh, you know, critical taste. And, you know, it doesn't just hand out her nines. That's to a red every flag. Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's a red flag, okay? Because. <laughs> as you guys kind of knew from the beginning of this video, not just my favorite Stormlight book, my favorite book ever that I've read thus far, and I've read at least three books, including the other Stormlight books. I rate Oathbringer a 9.75. 9.75. With my So literally 15 away from Lord of the Rings. 15 away from Lord of the Rings, basically. As I say, this is my favorite book because Lord of the Rings are like unrateable to me. All right, I'm sorry. 25. 20, 0.25 off. Yes. That is how much I love this. And do you want to get into the spoiler talk? I would love to. All right. So getting into spoilers, be sure to cut out and find us back when you've read the book. And also, if you're still around, uh, go ahead, do us a favor and click the subscribe button down there and help support the channel. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. We also do have a book club and yep. Movie Club if you guys want to join our Patreon in the link below. But we're going to get into spoiler talk now. It All is time. Right. You ready for this? I am. Okay. Number one, emotional impact. All right. Uh, the first category in rating system. So mm-hmm. what did you rate the emotional impact out of 10? 
this is tied for the highest category okay. for me at a 9.25. Okay, that's a fantastic score for you. I'll yes, take that. that's a fantastic I gotta, score. I got to remember this is you talking. Yeah. I got to filter that out. Okay, I gave this... Uh, listen, I think I'm also tough on my ratings until I talk to you, but I gave this a 9.7. Yeah, it has a it has some of the best moments for like cheering out loud. And yeah. a lot of that comes down to Dalinar, so when... When I say like the emotional impact is so high, it is carried mostly by Dalinar, and especially in the one scene that we're both thinking of, of Dalinar accepting his pain and accepting all the things that he's done and his trauma that he's he gave his wife. Before and, we oof. even get into the details on emotional impact, mm-hmm. I have a clip pulled up. The okay. graphic audio from that exact scene you're talking about. Do you okay. want to watch this? The I, first I couple of minutes. I actually do like graphic audio quite a bit. <sighs> All right, here it is. That We are now going to play the graphic audio of this emotional scene. Alone. Dalinar held a fist to his chest. So alone. It hurt to breathe, to think. But something stirred inside his fist. He opened bleeding fingers. The most... The most important... <laughs> Inside his fist, he somehow found a golden sphere, a solitary glory sprint. The most important step a man can take. It's not the first one, is it? It's the next one. Always the next step, Delanar. Trembling, bleeding, agonized, Delanar forced air into his lungs. You cannot have my pain! Odium stepped back. Dalinar, what is this? You cannot have my pain! Dalinar. Dalinar forced himself to his feet. You cannot have my pain! Be sensible. I killed those children. No, it was... I burned the people of Rathalus. I was there, influencing you. You cannot have my pain! Pause there. I mean, since this is about my millionth time listening to it, I'll have you mm-hmm. know, this, this scene made me just tear streaming. I yeah. was floored. A, a lot floored. of this comes from such a page investment like you you've spent so much time with these characters like i don't think this line would hit if stormlight was a shorter book absolutely not like if this kind of scene happened like the first book that you meet dalinar no no doesn't work but you see such a long arc and get a really deep intimate history with dalinar especially the verse two you kind of see him as almost just perfect yeah aggressive violent and it used to have a violent past, but has his flaws, but overall a very good person. And with the third book, you see how dark he really was before and how off the right path he was. And so it that that line just hits all the better. It it's paced so well and gives you so much satisfaction. The way that Sanderson builds that up where it happens in part five. Mm-hmm. Oh it the entire time, him starting with wanting to unite Roshar and slowly trickling in his flashbacks, first showing Evie, his, his wife, an introduction to his wife, how he's not with his kids initially, I mean, for most of their life, mm-hmm. and the alcoholism and leading to the eventual, uh, how the thrill overcomes and the eventual 
purge of the rift. I think it was called yep. the rift, I believe. And every step he goes through, and then suddenly that memory comes back to him at the worst time when he's with the Aegis trying to negotiate to unite this world, and he goes through it again. And the book genuinely had me believing when Renarin was having those visions and Yesna was going to kill him and to, in order because she thought that he was part of the Void Spren and uh, Voidbringer. Every step it took to get to that satisfaction, I was fully believing, like, wow, he's going to be Odium's champion. And, and yeah. even, if, even if I wasn't, even if there was like a part of me going, oh, of course, he's the good guy. He's going he's gonna to get out. Sanderson wrote it so convincingly and made well, that pain that he so would be, real. He would be Odium's champion in the next book. He'd have to overcome that. Something like that, right. Yeah. Something. I didn't know where it was going, but it was so well-deserved, so cathartic, and such a great, simple message the next step yeah such a simple phrase but it's so well earned i i don't know if if you just walk the street and say yeah the next step's the most important you know the next one like you could go to motivation.com and read that somewhere <laughs> without knowing dalinar without going through this extensive journey with him it doesn't hit the same you're exactly right it has to be this long it has to be yeah and also, I think what's really important for this book is it's the first one where, you know, Kaladin doesn't save the day at the end. Like, Dal- uh, Kaladin gets his heroic moments and all that, of course. Mm-hmm. But Dalinar's the one that saves it at the very end. I, where I, the past yes. two books, yes. it's Kaladin comes in at the last second saves the day. Super fun, super enjoyable, love Kaladin. But somebody else definitely needed the spotlight in the third book. I have two <laughs> things to say it. in that that are yeah. very important to get out right now. Okay. The first thing is the number one criticism this book gets, typically, and it's my favorite, so I'm going to get defensive about this book, but mm-hmm. it's about uh, Shalon gets a lot of hate, typically, and Cal, so some of the people think Cal repeats his arcs, or some, some people do, think that Cal does, and Shalon obviously take more of a backseat. I think... Their struggle in this book is the entire point of this book for Dalinar to unite them. What I mean by that is Cal, throughout this whole book, doesn't have a resolution in the end. It's him struggling with he can't protect everybody. Like, he couldn't save Elokar. Well, he, a big part a is point, ha- that's part of the acceptance of it. And right. That no, is part of his arc. No, it, it doesn't happen in this book. I know, it doesn't happen yet, but that's a setup. It's part of the, yeah, yeah. It does. It, it's a setup. So, it's setting up this, you don't get a resolution for Keldon. Shallan... She's struggling with the fact that she killed her mother still and having these multiple personalities and struggling through it. It's in, entirely, it, it, both of them are going through these mental, uh, these, uh, what do you call them? I'm losing the word. Not mental difficulties. Episodes, I mean. Yeah, um, no, worse, like depression and multiple personality disorders, mental disorder. disorders. And they're both going through this and they're not resolved in the end. And people are like, you know, they're either repeating what they've been doing, which first off, I don't think so because with Kaladin, his story was in book two was protecting those even though the ones he hated now he's dealing with he can't protect even if he hates the people he just can't protect them period how does he protect everybody so it's a different arc plus they're not resolved on purpose sanderson does this on purpose because the whole point is dalinar shines and he's supposed to unite roshar unite the rights radiance so when everybody else can't do it kaladin's out shallan's out both of them are having the most difficult problems ever so was dalinar you watched him murder his wife you watch Dalinar go through hell. He wasn't there for his children. He de- Renarin is so beautiful in this book as well, by the way, because the, their relationship is... Uh, I'll get into that later. But 
Dalinar's whole purpose and why that's so euphoric is because no one could have done it but him in that moment. Well, I that's think, what's so beautiful. I think this is a good point to actually ask you. Yes. What is your score for characters? Before I mention that, I okay. had to mention the second thing. Because okay, okay. An emotional impact, we're mainly talking Dalinar, so characters is going to yeah, get yeah, into, yeah. We're going to get the characters too. But the second point was Dalinar's whole thing was built up throughout the entire book, and Sanderson spent his time getting that. There was also one moment he didn't spend his time with a character getting me to feel emotional about, and it was one simple line. We saw a couple scenes with him throughout the book. Teft. Teft had the simple line toward the, in, in part five, in the third act of the book. I don't even know if you could consider his books having three acts. I'm going to throw that out the window. Yes. But in part five of the book, where Teft is just, I will protect those I hate, even if the one I hate the most is myself. Yeah, and you see just small scenes of him going back into alcohol and whatnot, and even that hits because even that hits. Sanderson says, "I can spend a whole book giving you a message, or I can spend a couple par- paragraphs, couple pages, and you still feel something." It, it's Damn! it's a very positive message of sorry for the reverberation. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting I would, I would, yeah, we're, no more doing that. Don't hit the table. So, <laughs> okay. but yeah, Teft, the fact that the solution ultimately is not, yeah, he doesn't get over his depression. No. Um, it's not solved, but it's treating treating himself with a certain degree of responsibility, like he treats others. Yes, it, it's understanding that even even if you don't, even if you hate yourself, even if that, even if it's hard and you don't want to, you have a responsibility and duty to yourself. Ultimately, even if you don't want to, and that's a really good message and a good workable solution, especially in the interim between actual healing. Absolutely. And one of your, before we go to the characters, I know one of your favorite moments of the book, Emotional, mm-hmm. that you didn't mention yet, because we've no, talked about this book in the past, yeah. Alucard. Yeah. Alucard. That's the most emotional scene for me. It oh, is. second. Second to Dalinar. Behind Dalinar, of course, right. It, in hindsight, especially, just makes so much more sense, the fact that Alucard dies. Right. Oh, it just fits so well. <sighs> and just the fact that he was so close to becoming a knight's rating and saying the first oath. That that is the biggest tragedy, I think, in Stormlight. Is how he this this king who is kind of hot is had a silver spoon in his mouth to a certain degree most of his life, and he humbles himself to a former slave and asks him, like, how do you do it? Oh, and wants to learn oh, I love from Kaladin. Like, seriously starting to learn oh, humility, is not blaming others, does doesn't blame Dalinar for uh, kind of taking over control, wow. even though he's not king. Like Alucard realizes, like, hey, look, I am not the most capable person here. Like, I have to learn. And so he humbles himself. And you start to see, like, he could actually be a really, really good ruler and king in the future. And then Moash just... And you felt like his arc wasn't night. complete, so that's why the shock of the death hit that much harder. Oh, yeah. Because you go, oh, it's, his arc isn't over yet. Where did he get this... The coldness of Moash as well, of how it didn't even seem like a big moment to him. This was his big thing. He was, his whole deal was to kill uh, Alucard, his revenge. And he does it, and it's like, oh, hey, Kaladin. But it just didn't, he wasn't elated, he wasn't joyful, he wasn't wasn't angry. He just did it because that's what he had to do, and then he moved on. And it was just so... It's like uh, going through a musical scale, like do re mi fa so la ti, and then stopping, and you just go, 
<laughs> and it just brings out so much unfinished emotion. Absolutely. So yeah, that that was a great arc for both the story as a whole and also Kaladin. That he, and then Kaladin what did you rate characters so we can get into yeah. each of these characters? I rate characters yeah. a nine. Nine, nine out, out of ten. ten. Again, great now, for you. I, I want to say, give it the extra point of it is harder to get the nine out of me, especially with so many characters juggled. Right. Because there's a if lot. there's not many, if there's three characters in a book, you only have to do three characters well. There we go. Gotcha. There's a lot of characters. You have and so the fact that it gets a nine out of me with the amount of characters is High a praise? great okay. testament to it. Well, I gave it a nine point eight. Dalinar is my favorite character in fantasy, maybe favorite characters ever. Mm-hmm. He's up there. I mean, I, I tied with a couple of like, I don't know, put in, sure, of course, Aragon, but whatever. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Put, put all your characters up there, Dalinar's there. And something I love about, actually talking Lord of the Rings real quick, uh, Moash, specifically for this book, really worked for me. But worked better. Yeah, worked better because I've had complaints in the past. Mm-hmm. I think he works the best in this book. And something I do like and appreciate about Moash as a character, I, I, he's not a good person, I just mean as a writing tool, is what Tolkien does with Lord of the Rings, having Frodo on a journey with Gimli the whole time. He always sees the antithesis of what will he will become if he fails. Mm-hmm. Kaladin also has that with Moash. It's of if, not Gimli, Gollum. Did I say Gimli? You said Gimli. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, with Gollum. So Frodo with Gollum, he'll see what he will become, just mm-hmm. like with Kaladin and Moash. So if Kaladin fails, that is what he will become yeah. if he lets it all go. So I really like that when there's the antithesis of your hero and you see what, if they fail, these are the stakes. That's always great. Mm-hmm. But besides the obvious, obvious Dalinar, why did you rate it so high? What did you love about the characters in this book? A lot of it has to do with getting you to feel emotions about a bunch of characters it's hard it's hard for you to become emotionally attached to a whole host of characters and then the fact that a lot of the characters have their own personal identity that you don't often need to actually hear it say oh Dalinar said Dalinar talks in a certain way I don't need to know that it's Dalinar said the dialogue is Dalinar's dialogue Kaladin talks like Kaladin all the characters act a, a really great way. That all, all of them are dealing with a degree of actual conflict and internal internal conflict and real real trepidation. I guess is the word. I mean, honestly, conflict is the main thing because a lot of books will have artificial conflict where they're a real they're actually a good person, and you see it's a mistake. But in this one, there's some actual nuance to it. Not to jump, I'm not jumping forward in the plot. I just because mm-hmm. you said that this this book actually made me not hate a love triangle. Love triangles are typically yeah. very cliche and they're overdone. But uh, we'll talk more of that when we get into plot. Because sticking on characters, 
what would you say? So Kaladin did it for you. What about Shallan? What did you think about her character? Shallan also improved from the second book mm. as well. I I appreciate her character more for what she brings to the world building and magic mm. of the story, but her character is also far more interesting. And just seeing the slow, uh, slowly devolving into her split personality disorder yeah. is interesting because the tone is often taken very lightly. It's written not in a disturbing way. It's not written. It's written more like it's an actual power system. Right. You know, like she, uh, Shallon talks about, you know, using, like, oh, I need to transfer into radiant. And you kind of forget it's fantasy. So you go, oh, yeah, this is like a magic system thing. No, she's just sick. She's just a hurt girl. That really, she needs does like disguise help. herself, but that's about it, right? It's that, yeah. and she changes her personality. Boom, and that's a real sad thing <laughs> to deal yeah. with. And I like how it's written so lightly that mm-hmm. you don't really realize how disturbing that is, right? She she really does get a lot of hate in the community, mm-hmm. just more so than other characters. Which I guess I could see it, but to me, I am I'm there. Mm-hmm. She has fu- she has fun dialogue. She talks differently than all the exactly. other characters. Yeah, she's not as much action. That she doesn't have all the action that uh, Kaladin and Dalinar have. But she has tons of political intrigue and espionage. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a fun change of pace. You yeah, get absolutely. to see far more of the world through Shallon's eyes than Kaladin. And that's where Sanderson likes to show off his prose a bit with those chapters of her drawing. And there's that good oh, the one oh the little story he tells where the person goes over the wall. Yeah, that story. So it's where he shows off his prose a bit, and you're like, oh, okay. And I like that. That's where the interludes come into play too, where he gets into mm-hmm. more world building stuff. But man, and even the small, the minor characters, the side characters, I thought nailed it. Like Teft, bang, we got no bridge four more. Rock for the first time shooting somebody because Cal was in trouble. You have yeah. Lopen was great. Him swearing his second ideal when he was, it, it came off as kind of funny in the book, but he. <laughs> But the, the truth to it, when you look at it, he was helping people who lost limbs after the battle. That's how he's able to protect them, help them get over it. It's not something to just get over, but cope and understand, hey, still yeah. still move forward. Still live your life. There's things to look forward to. That, that was actually a criticism, I believe, of book two, is how Bridge Four kind of took kind of a back seat. Like yep. there's a connection that like they're they're there, but you mm-hmm. don't get a lot of emotion between you don't feel the camaraderie in book two you feel it a lot more in book three i absolutely agree with and that. so that, that's still, also uh, still that still. would also be a reason i pushed it up to nine okay, where okay. i do not believe my uh words of radiance got a nine for characters a right. lot of it was because of bridge four absolutely how important they are and i don't think they were given enough time in book. No, that, that, that's fair. So, I, I still give words of ratings very high, not as yeah. high as Oathbringer. But there, I apologize to everybody because there are so many characters. Like you said, there is, you, we could, go into, admit, we could yeah. go into Teravangian and how interesting he is. I think he's just a very interesting and compelling side antagonist in this story. I just like the, it, I, I like his magic system of power, kind of how he works is a very fascinating. It's so fascinating. Very fascinating villain. And his motivations are clear. You mm-hmm. understand where he's coming from. He's wrong, but you're like, okay, I, I get this guy's point and he's going to work for it. And he's an interesting because one day he could wake up and be super smart. And, know he, and one day he could not be all there. And mm-hmm. then we could go on about Lyft. 
Lyft is hilarious. Kick I badass. I really love Lyft. She's fr- and how she just show um, not to mention Odium. Odium is scary. He comes up in these visions. You see the big bad now. And you're like, holy crap! And Lyft comes in one of those villains. Well, Remember oh, the vision she Odium. comes in? Oh yeah. And then Odium's like. <laughs> And then leaves. <laughs> How is she here? And then boom, dips out. Yeah. Great stuff. I think Odium really brings a kind of Thanos presence in Marvel. Just how, mm. in the early Marvel films, of how big of a presence that uh, Thanos was. And just looming over everything. Yeah. Odium pulls the same weight. Yeah. And so that it's very good. So, very enjoyable uh, villain. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many where... It's yeah. we gotta list them all, of course. But to get beyond characters, what did you rate plot out of ten? Gave it a nine. Nine again. Nine again. It's lovely, lovely. It it's a wonderful thing to be able to juggle all of these aspects of the plot and end in such a cathartic moment for all all characters involved, even side characters. Mm-hmm. So that that's in particularly impressive. Absolutely. Um Yeah, ultimately it it's hard to say much more about that. I mean, action I think is improved to a certain degree uh just how it's written so i absolutely loved the flashback sequences for dalinar and the blackthorn seeing the blackthorn fight in his prime come on oh yeah that that is just that alone makes it the best flashbacks of the of the stormlight series it's hard to remember every detail in this book, but I, and especially I haven't read this in like a year. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, I gave plot a 9.7. 9.7 out of 10 for plot. So I love the plot again. And no surprise here. My <laughs> rating was super high for all of these. But he, when he went to Azur, uh, Azir, uh, the Azith, when he went there, and the people were, you know, the, kind of sh- sh- squiggling in their boots going, oh, it's, it's the Blackthorn. And even when you see all oh, the badass scene in the past in the flashback for Dalinar's flashback, when he goes out into the high storm because he wants a different knife <laughs> or whatever it was, right? And then comes back and everyone's just, huh? What? <laughs> the, the fear it exudes from the Blackthorn. It's, well, it's incredible. For me, that actually, a lot of that factors into my world building score. Nice. The, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there. For, for plot-wise, I think this was... And a master class in pacing. Again, Oathbringer is not typically everyone's number one Stormlight book. It's typically where it's Radiance. And if you go on Goodreads, straight up Goodreads, it's tied for last with Rhythm of War. So it's, I mean, there's four books. They're all rated super high. Yep. But if, if people were to prefer things, they one of their complaints about Oathbringer is slow beginning. And I can, I can relate to that. It has a bit of a slow start. But... Each part, part one, two, three, four, five, builds and expands on the previous part in such a satisfying bang, bang, bang. So end of part one starts with just uh, ends with Jasna's return, Yasna's return, and you're, you get the ghost blood scenes. You get a bit of the Dalinar's trying to unite everybody. It's very much just starting off, and it's slow burning you. End of part two, Odium's in the visions now. Yesna and Navani are getting involved. Yeah, it's elevating. And I think you're forgetting the biggest end of the biggest change with the uh, Oathbringer thing that makes it unique. Yeah, what's that? There's two Sanderlanches. I was just book. getting to that, you yeah. dumbo. Because the end of part, <laughs> cut you off at the pass. Because the end of part three then gets into where you have a huge Sanderlanch of, oh my goodness. Colonar has uh, uh, fallen. They're all they're all in Colonar. We have Kaladin, Adeline, Shallon, all of them. In Kolinar, that's falling. You have Dalinar with Odium. Um, I think that's when... 
Oh yeah, Dalinar's flashback. Evie comes back at the end of part three. Yeah, he remembers her, and he just collapses when he's in with the Azith. Just completely collapses as all that rushes back, and oh my god, the pressure's on. I remember specifically reading the end of uh, part three and going, yeah. "Wait a minute, there's more book left." Right. That's the, that's <laughs> like the ending more? of a book right there. Like, I was reading, going like, "Oh man, there there has to be only a couple cha- chapters left," and just going. Those would be real thick chapters. Right. Like how how is it ending now? And, and then oh god. And then you think that's the all is lost moment in a typical plot structure where you know all is lost, and then you have your heroes come back. No, then end of part four, all is really lost when the coalition's undermined by Teravangian. He reveals yeah. that stuff, and, and then oh yeah, you find out the Knights Radiance why they actually left. It's holy crap, were the invaders? Yeah, there, there's basically we're the two, invaders. What? two valleys. Uh, yeah, another... It just... You thought you were in the abyss. Now you're in hell. It's just you are so... And the Stormfather's getting overtaken by Odium. You have... Oh. 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 Oh, my... It's all over. It's all over going into Act 5... Or into Part 5. So, incredibly done with the plot. And then that just makes Part 5 so, so, so... Ah! Love the plot. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about plot? No, I mean, you basically said it. it's almost like two books like two different books kind of crammed together so you get two endings two you know darkest before uh, all is lost dark, dark, yeah. yeah all is lost moments you get you get all like kind of double moments mm-hmm. and it just makes it so much more fun and you could think of like there's multiple peaks here too Elicar's death is just a huge peak of what oh i can't Dalinar's moment oh i Forget even about all the cool, we'll get more into world building, but I just love the plot, how we had them going through Shadesmar, mm-hmm. and we had Dalinar going to the different, uh, again, this is more world building, but going and seeing, as you, I, I keep saying the places wrong, but Thalen City with Queen Fen, and then going to the Azith, and oh, just, it's so well weaved together, and just perfectly paced for me. But I will shut up now. <laughs> This I, I love this book. I love right. this book. Let's get into the last category. Uh, wait, this, this is the second to last. We still oh, got to do dialogue God, and prose. We had two more. <laughs> we'll make dialogue prose quick because All there's right. not. We we know each other's opinion on this, and people yeah. know our opinion. But ultimately, I gave it an eight. Eight out of eight, ten. I, I gave it nine point five five. And we've we've talked about this in the past couple. Mm-hmm. You look at more. I'll let you speak for yourself. Go ahead. I mean, ultimately, it's it's really well written. It that's an eight. Mm-hmm. For me to get beyond a 9 and into 10, that's a level of detail and perfection that I, I honestly don't even think you really could do that with this book. The only reason I say probably is because Name of the Wind was able to do it. Name of the Wind is a thick book, and yet I have to give the dialogue and prose like a 10. Like that, that's So it's impressive to do. Ultimately, the dialogue is very straightforward, easy to read, but because of that, there's not a lot of layers to the dialogue itself. Uh, there's not, like, in all honesty, the de- the whole book could probably be condensed by quite a bit if um, it was written more succinctly. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure Brandon could do it. It would just take him years. And okay. he's not going to. Okay, so okay. that's just ultimately my thought on uh, dialogue I, I, I and prose. You, you still think his prose is great. It's just yeah. nothing. Okay, I got you. It for his style. I think his style almost has a kind of a cap in my in my in rating. Rate. I see. So it do, it doesn't have a cap in my rating. I see what you mean. Because he's not talking more beautifully. You would say or poetically. Is that it, part of it? Poetically, 
Like it's, it's not, not saying multiple things in each sentence. It's not. Yeah. It's not every sentence is going. Oh, it's world building and it's also expanding on the character. And yeah, but part like the ten out of ten dialogue and prose is Terry something Pratchett. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, where there's not a single line of a single line of dialogue that is wasted, and it will it will push the plot forward. It will tell you more about the characters, and often get you to feel some type of emotion. Okay. Laughter, sadness, uh, humor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Got so. Yeah, I got you. I, I give it 955, and I want to go off some quotes that I really liked. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, why I give Sanderson books so high, especially Stormlight Archive so high, is yes, if I'm Lord of the Rings, 10 out of 10 pros, of course. But I really like to look at what the intent of the author was with the book. His intent was to make an epic fantasy that's you're not going to put down, that every line it's boom. I'm not reading a line going, "Whoa, my my mind, my world's changed." I'm not getting a line that sounds like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to page three and read that every day." But it's a it's so digestible and does exactly what he wants it to. So mm-hmm. it's so crisp that not for a moment do I have to. There, there's books where I have to read a page, and you know, obviously your your mind gets lost, and you have to read it back. But there's never a line that I'm confused about. There's never a moment where I have to read it over again and go, "Wait, what did I just read?" No, it's bang, bang. All the information's there. Visuals are there. Everything is connected. And especially with the dialogue and the character voice is so great. That makes it have super high for me. And also, having some banger one-liners also adds a touch where there's lines like this. Quote, sometimes a hypocrite is nothing more than a man in the process of changing. End quote. I just, I love that quote. I love that quote. And then you have other uh, funny moments too where pattern in a conversation is going inappropriate, pattern said, such as dividing by zero. Just like, just how pattern has that. You have Lyft. Uh, your name's Lyft, right? Right. And your order? More food. Like she, when she, when Delinar was at, or whoever was asking Lyft, like what's your uh, night's radiant order? Like, more yeah. food, please. Just, more food. There's so many, and obviously the next step, and there's so many banger one-liners. So that's why I rate it super high. But also, I also still, still telling Kaladin, you don't like, you know, someone can actually save you today. Yes. Yeah, oh. oh, come on now. So I, I get why you give it an eight and don't elevate it higher. But that that's just my it's my favorite book. OK, that's that's you. why I well, love now you book. understand why it's hard to to get into a nine category. Yeah. Every it's, category has to be a nine. Right. Well, not many books. If you rate a dialogue differently, it would get it would breach the nine. Exactly. Yeah, I, I see. OK, now. World building. What did you rate world building out of 10? 9.25. Oh, highest super high. for it. Highest, yeah. Wow. Okay. Because this. Oh, I'm so happy. If if you're still so watching, happy. if you were still oh. watching, I I rated books one and two uh, world building low compared to Austin standards. I think sevens you gave, like seven five yeah. even, or something like that. Good, but was missing a, a very crucial element for such a in-depth world that it felt hollow for me so we're not gonna argue we're not gonna argue on oathbringer but what if i tell you my rating's a 10 okay (laughs) (laughs) i gave (laughs) i gave world building a 10 out of 10 so 10 out of the rings you do know you do know my standards though for other if this is your first time coming to this channel i don't give nines and tens either Mm -hmm. this is just i ah this (laughs) basically (laughs) austin has stormlight and lord of the rings that's his. Those are my tens. tens. And <laughs> yeah. No, th- this is a ten out of ten world building. It's it's pretty darn close. It yeah. solves the main issue for me, which was 
culture uh, how what the main question of why cultures act the way they do yes and in book two we explore some other lands and peoples a bit but it felt so surface level where we kind of see kind of how they act and oh they're a little different and oh look at this this country does it this way but you don't get much of a reason why it just is and and it feels very two-dimensional the third book with Oathbringer, you understand why. And it's all, it's not just dumped on you. It's little things that are spread on how uh, Alethkar affected all these other nations. And that they, because Alethkar was kept wiping them out and kept pushing them, that's why they push towards certain kind of political organizations. Why are they fearful of, you know, unification and how Dalinar's really trying to unify and save everyone? And they're just terrified of them. So the flashbacks had so much to the world building. That that's the one of the biggest things. So absolutely, the fact that you get you start to understand all these different cultures on a far deeper level of of understanding. And then on on top of that, how much you go into the Shadesmar is far more interesting. The unmade, the unmade, the, the magic systems, out, the are, night radiant reveal. I mean, it's on and on. Shallon brings so much to the magic system Absolutely. and how exactly it works. You get to see hidden sides of the world that Dalinar and Kaladin and everyone else in the world doesn't see. So mm-hmm. she's such a, an important uh, figure to see the underbelly of Roshar. Incredibly enjoyable. So the world feels alive in book three. That That is my main complaint about the first two books. And in the third, feels alive. Got it. And one thing I will say, so we agree on Oathbringer completely. Like yeah, the, basically. The, you learn about the thrill, more about Stormlight itself, oh, yeah. more about Odium, endless list. Of, and not, that doesn't even touch on the interludes. thing is, it's not even the how. Because we, we get a lot of how in the first two books. Like We learned about mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. What I love about Oathbringer is Cultures. the why. The why, okay. No, well, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. why it's all connected. It's yeah. not a... It, you just see this gradual evolution yes, yeah, of how yeah. things go. I love that. Yes, and it's absolutely perfect for a book three as well. And something I'd say, like our disagreements in the prior books, mm-hmm. is obviously your Wheel of Time is like your 10 out of 10 for world building yeah. and whatnot. Well, I actually, it doesn't even get 10 out of 10, oh, but wow. it's... holy crap. Lord of the Rings. But, Lord of the Rings is the 10. One thing... World Wheel of Time comes close. But one thing I would keep in mind is, especially for books one and two, so this is book three now, mm-hmm. but this is a 10-book saga we're going to have. Yeah. And for it being book, that's why I think book three did everything perfectly as it's building the world that's not complete yet. I, that's why I'd give a little bit more lenience to book two and one, especially book two I think you were harsher on. But book two being the, only the second book, yes, it's long and you could put a lot more in it, I still love the world building in book two, and we don't, I don't want to get into a disagreement when we're on such a we're on such good terms well, right now. Here, here's but the thing, the one I, thing I'd say: I completely yeah. understand. Okay, yeah, yeah, but I've also judged Wheel of Time the same way. Got gotcha. so where books every, one and two aren't that good. Exactly, and then, gotcha. not every book. So even character arcs. Okay. So I give a certain book a such a high score in the Wheel of Time because of the completion and how it ties together a certain character arc. Previously, it does. Yeah. It, not every book. It, it doesn't. Nail it out of the park with yeah. every book in every category. Okay, Same so Stormlight just does that for me. For exactly. you, not, not every book does it. Not every okay. book does okay, it. that's fair. But when it does, you got to give it the score. But man, Oathbringer, 10 out of 10 world building. I, I, and I don't, we don't even disagree. Mm-hmm. 
what, basically. Yeah. Your point seven five is just because you're comparing it to, okay, it's not Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings has like several languages and Listen, like it's real. Lord of the Rings is a 10 out of 10 too. This, I just, I think this book, Modern Fantasy, Brandon Sanderson, everything he intended to do, perfect world building. I, I don't think he could have done anything differently to satisfy me. I can't ask for anything else. That is what a 10 is to me. Oh man, I, I love this book. I love this book. book. All right. Well, if you've watched this long, let us know how annoying it was that uh, Austin kept slamming the table and tell us how bad that audio is for you. And let us know what you think about the book (laughs) down below in the comments. And if you want to hear us talk about more books, go ahead and take a a look at our Patreon and our link in our channel below uh, where we actually go over book every month and in a private discord. And it's a lot of fun. We're on our next book uh, for the month of February. Yes, Which is In the Shadow of Lightning by uh, Brian McKellen. Absolutely. And Rhythm of War Review will be coming. I I could say we could promise it within two months. Yeah, probably. So we'll have our, and our Stormlight will be up to date and we'll be ready for when book five comes out. And it's Sanderson, so it's going to be like, yep, soon. It'll be soon. (laughs) Man, this was odd. Such a, Oathbringer. Oathbringer. Oh, sorry. Again, that's Richard. That's that's Richard this time. If you're on audio only, that was him. Okay? A lot of slamming. Doing it. Oh, I love this guy. I love this book. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.